Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy, a podcast about all things cozy. I'm Matt. And I'm Jillian. And again, we are a cozy podcast about everything that is warm, soft. (laughs) And we have have no synonyms for cozy. No, we don't. Warm, soft, and Um, comforting are three synonyms for cozy. I just prefer repeating cozy over and over. Let's just do that. (laughs) I I have to let this go. Because this is getting old, I'm sure, for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so we are fortunate enough to have a guest with us today. His name is Zach Heltzel, and he is the host of Zetus La Podcast, mm-hmm. a podcast about Disney Channel original movies. We're excited to uh, hear his vast knowledge of Disney movies and Disney-related movies, movies that would air on Disney Channel. Because we are talking about uh, the wonderful film Troop Beverly Hills today. So, Zach, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Are you feeling cozy? I'm feeling very cozy. <laughs> this is a lovely room that we're recording in. It's just beautiful. The uh, decoration is just, like, very fancy. And then, like, right in the corner, there's fancy. a bunch of... Well, just, like, very, <laughs> you know, it's something that you'd find in, like, a cozy northeastern cabin um every time i've ever been to like new england and mm-hmm. i go into somebody's home uh i find like cactuses and things i'm from arizona where cactuses okay. are normal mm-hmm. so i just don't think they're special and then i go to say uh earlier in the summer i went mm-hmm. to martha's vineyard one of the coziest places mm-hmm. on planet earth and i went into this uh this like cabin style home and there were like cactuses and things. And I was like, this is cacti. That um, seems weird. In Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, that yeah. seems very Yeah, off-brand. they had to have been like imported, obviously, because all it is is like trees and water and ticks. Yeah, um, I, feel, I, I feel about that. that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we lean into succulents yeah. and yeah. cacti in LA. It's part of the identity. Yeah. yeah. In the desert it has town. no place in Martha's Vineyard, no. in my opinion. Hmm. No, but at the same time, it was like, oh, you're committed to creating an environment. And I feel like, yeah, well, I, feel you, like, Zach. I feel like coziness, uh, a big part of it is like actively cultivating a specific feeling, a specific mm-hmm. environment. And that's what your apartment's like. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well decorated. The stage has been set. And like... When I'm at home, I'm surrounded by my Nintendo Amiibos, which you have prominently featured in a corner of, of the room. I do. I have exactly five Amiibo. Is that, is that yeah. Amiibo plural for I, Amiibo? I, I amiibo have, is no plural idea. for Amiibo. <laughs> I read Nintendo's style guide. <laughs> um, yes. So that's, um, Zach's the only other person I know, other adult man I know, who also collects Amiibo. There are dozens of us, Matt. <laughs> dozens. Fully, fully 12 of us. So, Zach, at the top of every podcast, we begin with releasing our resentments. And so this is the time for us to sort of express anything that we've been holding on to for the last couple of weeks and then release it. Um, So our resentments are represented by um, a rainstorm. Okay. These are our resentments (laughs) that we're hearing right now. And uh, so let's share our resentments. Jillian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking at you, so okay. you have to start. What's, what, are, um, what are your resentments? Well, actually, they occurred this past week and actually yesterday at the movies, which is, seems like a place that would be rife with oh, resentments. Absolutely. Um, so yesterday, 
I saw Atomic Blonde, which I recommend everyone not to see. <laughs> I, <laughs> As a for twist. Me, for many reasons. But um, at, during each fight scene, there's this man behind me who would vigorously clap. You know, or when Charlie Theron would escape the clutches of someone, he'd like clap really hard. He probably worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know what? Maybe you know it's the dark light. Um, that was the stunt coordinator. <laughs> yeah, or he would just, you know, when Charlie's putting on like, you know, her sexy fishnets, he'd be like, "Oh, damn," or something like that. Fair. <laughs> you know, but still, he's very vocal. And then I was in Ventura and I saw The Dark Tower, which I think you should see because it's hilarious. <laughs> that's, um, de- that's definitely what Stephen <laughs> King is known for. It was really funny. Um, and <laughs> there's this guy after each preview, he wouldn't clap, but he would have a comment. And it was really loud. He was at the back of the theater and um, he'd be like, oh, that, lo- that one looks good. Or um, there's this you know, movie about a preview for a murderous doll. And he'd be like, oh. Better get away from that doll, guys, or something like that. So it was just loud commentary throughout the movie, clapping, or and I just found it a little irritating. It's distracting, and I find it funny, but it pulls me out. Yeah, especially at the dark tower. But you, <laughs> but you thought that was funny in and of itself. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. I would watch it again. It was so funny. We'll have to have a dark tower episode of this podcast. I think so. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is a dark sorcerer. Like. <laughs> It's just too much. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of it wasn't. I guess it really doesn't you know grind my gears. I don't lie awake at night thinking about it. But it's just it's like the clapping at the when the plane lands. I don't like when people clap after. Oh each no, that's drinks. that's really irritating. Not irritating, but it makes me feel embarrassed. So yeah, embarrassed and also especially when it doesn't deserve claps in my opinion. But also it makes me think to myself, wow, I really wish I could just be so a part of the living and human life where I'm just fully in this movie and I'm just enjoying life purely. I'm clapping. That's never me. <laughs> that never will be. So I mean, it's part jealousy that he's, I can just, this man, pure joy, clapping through a movie. No, I mean, I mean so it, take a dark turn. Look, but. you're paying $20 to see that movie in a theater. So you want, you yeah. know, a Anyways, quiet experience. I think the iced coffee's getting to me and I'm going <laughs> rambling on about this. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll second to my resentments this week, which are um, the words doggo and pupper. I've seen that. I mean, it's it's been a problem on the internet for, oh, I almost said decades, but definitely not are you decades. on the dark web? Well, internet like, decades. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard this. It's been a problem for a long time where individuals will, instead of saying dog, will say doggo or pupper. And I think it comes from that. I'm, I don't know how to say it. Is it doggy? Doge, Doge, Doge yeah. language, um, where it, if you've never encountered this, uh, I counter blessings, but it's usually um, somebody with an advanced degree talking like a toddler on online. It's like it's like yeah. they will share a meme of a dog and go, "Ooh, the the doggo." I, I, <laughs> I, I, I've never I don't know why that. I hate it so much because it really isn't hurting anybody, um, but it's hurting you. It's hurting me. How do you I, feel about floof? I've never heard that. What's okay. floof? Uh, it's just another kind of doggo pupper sort of thing. A floof. It's like a very fluffy dog. Is no, this a sexual I don't like that thing? either. <laughs> no, no. Oh, oh, I thought it was like lingo. It's for, just but... like, it's kind of an evolution of the lol cats. Oh, I can have cheeseburger, okay. but applied okay. to like cute little dogs. Gotcha. Yeah, I think what it might be is 
I Are you feel just like a that, cat person? That, no, I love dogs <laughs> and cats. I, I think what it is is I can has cheeseburger that like whole that all those cat memes yeah. that feels like an eternity ago, and it feels like the internet should have evolved past that sort of language, and yet we're still talking like five year olds. It's cyclical, I guess. It now went away and now it came back, but it's about dogs. Look, I think sometimes <laughs> people can um, replace those words um, and think that they're representing a sense of humor, and that bothers me. Yeah. I'll have to look into this. I've never, it's a whole world that I'm not involved in or Don't. privy to, but yeah, I'm curious. No, stay in this your bubble. You're, you're better off. And the floof, apparently. <laughs> I, I, again, I have nothing against actual dogs or cats. It's just, it's just those words. I think to me, they're in the same vein as adulting. Oh, God. Jesus. Sorry. Hypercute language. Yeah. I don't like that. Now's not a good time for me to tell you that I almost wore my Doge t-shirt <laughs> that somebody uh, bought me for my birthday two years ago. It's of a uh, Shiba Inu mm-hmm. wearing glasses studying, and it says, wow, much smart, Look, I've already alienated our guest today. <laughs> oh, God. I made short work of that. Exactly. I'm sorry, Zach. And I did write a pilot a couple years ago called, guess what? Adulting. You know, I'm the worst. A, cu- a couple of years ago, that was, yeah, that, that was, was a still couple funny. Of years, yeah, you might have been on the cutting edge of yeah. things a few years ago with adulting. But but I think we've all moved on yeah. past that. You can always retitle it. I know. <laughs> Dust that one off. Yeah. 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 It's probably not good anyway. <laughs> Zach, do you have a resentment this week? I do. I have a lot of resentments. I'm kind of a negative person, which means I try to, like, I have to overcompensate and put it in as much like unwavering positivity as I can, which is why this podcast is such a good fit for me. Um, Already it's been so positive. <laughs> yes. My, uh, my resentment this week is uh, I'm new to town, new to Los Angeles. And uh, as a result, I keep, you know, trying to network and hang out with people I haven't seen in a while, yourself included. Mm-hmm. But like, instead of recording a podcast, I've been going out to dinner for drinks mm-hmm. or brunch. So and, not as good as this. Yeah, this is much better. Yeah. Um, and because of the type of person you are, my resentment is about people who are not like you. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I keep running into is that people's motives for, you know, going out to drinks or brunch or dinner with me is so they can, like, drag another person we both know through the mud and, like, uh-huh. oh, you're new in town, so I'm going to make you, like, choose allegiances and things you know mm-hmm. nothing about. And warn you about like, oh, this person is a malignant narcissist. And then that person will be like, no, this person's a malignant narcissist. And my resentment this week is everybody trying to uh, make me pick sides and things that I don't care about. Wow. I'm new in town. I don't need to be involved in people's petty squabbles already. I don't know you people. (laughs) This is dramatic. On, On behalf of Los Angeles, I'd like to apologize. Um, and I wish I could say it's going to change, but I kind of yeah, doubt that it will. But <laughs> Get deeper well, in. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm trying to network my way into like media and entertainment where all of the like most uh, the people from high school who like wanted to be the bullies but got bullied. Yeah. Are now like mm-hmm. living out their uh, teenage revenge fantasies. Mm-hmm. They're the worst. But like with money and power. And I resent that. That's I. I'm with you right there. That yeah. is that is a solid resentment. But we have released them. These are gone now. It's so, you, so gone. It's gone. Just you can yeah. exhale. <clears throat> the rain clouds have cleared, and I'm playing the sunny day sound. Um, so this is emotionally. This is where we are yeah. right now. We're completely, we completely released our resentments. I'm so relieved. 
<laughs> so now that we are clear to talk about actually cozy things, uh, we start also, we have a lot of starts and a lot of stops for our <laughs> podcast. And one of the other starts is uh, cozy locations where we discuss uh, a place <laughs> that uh, makes us feel cozy. Um, and I'll start this segment with um, a place I went to about a week ago uh, when my partner and I were partner, boyfriend. I, don't, I never have decided what to call him. Um, oh, God. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we went up to San Francisco in Monterey. Mm. And near Monterey, um, there is a place called Point Lobos. It's a, a park. Um, and they have a trail where you get to see uh, Monterey cypress trees, which it's one of one of two places in the world that they grow naturally. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds intensely boring, but when you're actually on the trail and you see these trees, which are like embedded in the cliffs. And so they're like hanging over. It's really dramatic looking. They have these gorgeous like trails right next to the seaside. Mm. And you kind of feel like you're on game of Thrones a little bit. Um, And on top of that, these trees are covered with this orange algae that's like just neon orange and just creates like this really bizarre and beautiful um, scene. And it was just like you hear the ocean waves, you see these like gorgeous, unique trees. Mm. And we were like out there alone for a long time, just like wandering around. Yeah, your picture is like beautiful. Yeah, it's I'll I'll put some on the uh, All Things Cozy podcast Instagram. Yeah. Um, My vacation photos. But uh, yeah, so that's my cozy location for this week is... um, Point Lobos uh, in Monterey or near Monterey. I'm not very good at geography, but um, specifically their um, Monterey, the Monterey Cypress Grove Trail. Highly recommend that. Yeah, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Like Big Little Lies weekend. Very, yeah, exactly. <laughs> very Big Little Lies. Mm. Jillian, what's your cozy location for this week? Um, little Cave in Highland Park. Oh. It's a little bar. When I lived in Highland Park, I don't know if it's cozy anymore because <laughs> things have changed. But um, it was just the first bar I ever went to in L.A. And it's very, it's like, a, you know, it's a little cave, so it's tiny, it's cute. Um, and they would just have a lot of cute events. Like, Tara Reader would come to the bar and just be, like, some random guy. I don't think any knowledge in tarot. But, um, and just a little taco night and, you know, friendly bartenders. There's no pretension in which is rare, I'm sure, in Highland Park now, but it's just like a sweet bar and always had those cute little twinkly lights. And I've only heard great things about Little Cave. Little Cave is so sweet and it's such a special bar. I don't know, I don't even just have really cozy connection to it because of the first bar I went to in LA, but it generally is such a cozy space. They have movie nights. They would, I think that the programming at the bar, I guess, was cool too. Yeah, Little Cave, La Covita. Beautiful, yeah. Zach. You should um, you should go there with one of your new LA friends to drag a mutual friend. Yeah, it's a place you should go. Sure, <laughs> I, I do have like a spreadsheet. <laughs> I do find spreadsheets very cozy. Me too, actually. They're very comforting. Yeah, lists and organization, extremely cozy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you have a cozy location this I week? I do. Um, the Burbank Bob Hope Airport. Oh. <laughs> I find especially cozy. I love airports. Me too. They give me a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be in a place where everybody else, like by design, have a sense of purpose. Because if you're if you're in an airport, you're, you know, going somewhere or coming back from somewhere. Like you're doing something 
important enough to spend at least a hundred dollars or more to go somewhere far. Mm -hmm. And so like in college, I used to just like go to the airport when I needed to calm down and like hang out in like the little shops and like the Chili's Express outside security. (laughs) And uh, Chili's Express is really cozy in and of itself. I, it can be to go. Well, yes. that sounds like a personal essay. I don't know. That's, I, that's a very I'm interesting sure it, to me, going to the airport to calm down. I'm sure it could be, but uh, the Burbank airport especially, like LAX isn't especially cozy. No. The Burbank airport, it's just like you're surrounded by people in their 60s who are very well-traveled and will talk to you without like you inviting them to. And like they, you can get a phenomenal hot toddy there. Mm. <laughs> so I've flown in and out of it a couple times and every time it's just euphoric the uh the wi-fi is free if you tweet something nice about the airport their social media people always tweet you back right away so sweet that's Um, really sweet and just like if you've never just sipped on a hot toddy waiting for a flight while this like adorable couple starts telling you about all their travels to like rustic locations you haven't lived agreed it's phenomenally cozy I am. That's my next uh, go-to cozy location. I'm going to head over there. <laughs> Small good. airports are wonderful. Yeah. It's 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 a whole other beast than places like LAX or um, JFK where it's a complete nightmare. But in a small airport, you're, you're not really that panicked. And so you can actually enjoy yourself. Like, have you ever walked onto an airplane, like, on the runway? Like, they don't have one of those mm-hmm. tubes. You just, like, walk outside. That's and how I got to Jurassic Park, yeah. Yeah. So, like... At the Burbank airport, that happens every time I fly, and it's just like, oh, this is great. Yeah. It's, it's definitely adorable. Yeah, I like watching the all the destinations, just all the possibilities. That's why I like what airport, airports do. There's so much possibility. Also, it's one of the few opportunities we have nowadays to actually disconnect and not feel like we have to respond to people immediately. As soon as I'm in an airport, I feel like I can mm-hmm. just... I don't turn my phone off because I'm definitely using it for social media, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not responding as responsive or I feel like I'm on vacation. I'm entitled. It's a good excuse. Um, especially when you're on the plane and I'm not paying for Wi-Fi. No. That's why no. you fly JetBlue. Or- <laughs> I was on a JetBlue flight um, when the Kafefi thing happened. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was the middle of the night. Thank goodness I had Wi-Fi on the plane because it was JetBlue because I got so many good, fun jokes out. I was yeah. so confused when I woke up that next morning. Yeah, me too. It- I would have been so I would have been so lost. I would have been like on a plane and I get off the plane and the world's different. Reading like Twitter like, a- <laughs> like the day after an event is always in, like just a complete scavenger hunt. You're trying to piece together what the hell people mm-hmm. are talking about. You got to include links in your <laughs> tweets. Let me know what the context is, because I was struggling with Kofefe for hours afterward. Well, oh. only a few select people and the president knows what it means. So. It means nothing. Well, the Sean it's, Spicer it's, it's has a spelling error. <laughs> Remember when Twitter was cozy? I, I I was thinking about this the other day, where it was like I was thinking like Twitter used to be this place I I, I would like look forward to opening the app. There'd be funny jokes and really cute insights, and people were sharing positive things. And now you open it up, and literally someone starts screaming at you as soon as you open the app. If I have notifications, like, uh, I just, my stomach drops. Like, yeah. No, what could I have done that got me 14 notifications in the last hour? I, I done goofed. It's never good. Yeah. It's, it's weird it's that, the opposite like, of cozy. we've all decided that the, the platform that's worst at discussing intricate and controversial concepts 
is the is the platform that we're really going to discuss them the most on. Yeah. Agreed. Sorry for steering the conversation this way. We did our resentments already. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry. Okay, that, that will be a resentment for a different week. We're here today, though. Yeah. And we're here, and we're so happy that Zach can join us to talk about the classic film, Troop Beverly Hills. If you haven't had the pleasure of watching the cozy film, Troop Beverly Hills, um, just to kind of catch you up, it's a 1989 comedy starring Shelley Long. Um, and she plays Phyllis Neffler, a Beverly Hills socialite whose husband, Freddie, played by coach Craig T. Nelson. Well, anyway, Freddie's leaving because he thinks that she's um, flighty and she uh, is too shallow. She spends all her time shopping. And so um, she wants to prove him wrong. In order to do that, she's volunteered to lead the Beverly Hills chapter of the Wilderness Girls. That sets off the the troop leader like the troop captain Velda Plender which is an amazing name who's played by Betty Betty Thomas who I didn't really know who that was but then I looked her up and she directed the Brady Bunch movie oh um Doctor Doolittle and Alvin and the Chipmunks the the Squeakquel and Aww. the most fascinating for better or worse movie of the 21st century John Tucker Must Die I still haven't seen that I haven't oh. seen that. I, I would say see it because as like a historical document of the mid 2000s, it is essential, but uh, I'll leave it at that. It's been languishing in my Netflix list for, I think, a decade. Who it stars? ends with a cake fight. <laughs> Who's in it? Um, Jesse Metcalf, Brittany oh, yes. Snow is the main Snow, girl, yeah. Ashanti. Oh my God. Um, Sophia <laughs> Bush sold. plays like a vegan, but like a cartoonish caricature of a vegan. Um Jenny McCarthy plays uh, Britney Snow's mom. It's why are we talking about this movie? It's horrible, but <laughs> the cast sounds Betty Thomas, okay, a so, plus. So, but the Brady Bunch movie is also it's not a cozy movie, but it makes me feel good. It is a very very it's a, delightful. I love movie. the Brady Bunch movie. I think it's it's the best version of that it could have been. It's I'll, one of my favorite spoof movies of all time. Yeah, absolutely. It's delightful. Well, Betty Thomas, she's playing uh, Velda Plender, who mm-hmm. is. Uh, the like a militant troop leader. Uh, she helps the Red Feather Group, which is like the Eagle Scout type thing, um, in Culver City. And she hates Phyllis Neffler and how superficial she is. And she has a she projects a lot in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, Can you blame her? I yeah. And then <laughs> she orders her assistant troop leader, uh, Mary Gross, who I know best from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, is one of the teachers. Um, Cozy to spy on the Beverly Hills troop and bring them down. Um, but it's, she's not successful. They overcome yep. and they show that Beverly Hills has what it takes to be wilderness girls. Um, and so that's true Beverly Hills. And it really, I, I rewatched it um, to discuss it here. Uh-huh. And I always, I've always loved it, but it really just holds up. Like I was just rewatching it. I was like, this is amazing. It's, yeah. it's, I feel like they don't even, and this sounds really like old timey, foggy person, but I, I feel like okay. they don't make movies like it anymore. Like I, I, like I don't know. There, are, I feel like there's aren't that many great comedies that are for kids and adults um, that true. are live action. I mean, I think Pixar still does it in an animated way, but I, I can't think of anything in recent memory that feels like Troop Beverly Hills feels. I also the fashion. Oh yeah, the fashion's so great. 
And she, and actually like, I mean, maybe because it's cyclical, it's kind of all come around, but it all works today. Mm -hmm. And the way that she uh, modifies her wilderness girls costume, Shelly Long, that is. Yeah. And oh, the capes, the Mm -hmm. little capes that they wear. (laughs) That's cute. Adorable. Yeah. And also I I forgot to mention Jenny Lewis, who is the um, Phyllis Neffler's daughter. Good point. um, Is in the, in the film and um, is much beloved Mm -hmm. for her. Uh, music and uh, singing. Yeah, I love I good, love Jenny Lewis. That's a good m- movie to star in as a child, than you know, adult ce- celebrity. I guess you, I, Jenny Lewis is a celebrity in my opinion. Oh but, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see her in it, and I think, like I said previously, I just love the the fashions. It's cozy to me, the little capes, and I think Phyllis is a fashion icon. I love it. Still stands, like you said, today, and that's what I love about it. And I just what Shelley Long is that her name? Mm-hmm. I just adore her. So. her. Her comedic timing is impeccable. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Can't go wrong with her. Nope. Also, Rosario from Will and Grace, also playing a maid. In really? True Beverly Hills. She plays Rosa, the oh. Neffler's uh, maid. I missed that. And she's not going to be in the reboot of Will and, uh, Will and Grace. Why? Bummer. I, she's 80, I think. Oh, okay. She can't. <laughs> also, at least she's still kicking. Yeah. Okay. That's... So, but yeah, that was, that was cool seeing her. Um, also was surprised to see that the opening was Ren and Stimpy animation. Right? Like, this movie is timeless, like you said, but it also exists in such a specific time and place where, like, the opening is like, yep, this definitely is a movie from 1989. And it's... They don't make movies like this anymore, really, because, one, it's... There's no conflict, there is absolutely no conflict <laughs> well, in this I, movie. You don't know if she's going to get back together with. Well, okay, you do know they'll get back together, but that's that's ostensibly the conflict is her. But also, like, it, her does husband. it matter? Because it she's also a strong, independent woman, right? And it's not like she starts as somebody who's like very emotionally and like actually dependent. No, she like starts as a strong, independent woman and becomes a stronger, more independent woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's really true. You, you bring up something I wanted to discuss, which is. Initially, we're told, really, um, through Freddie, her um, estranged husband, that she's you know superficial and shops too much and everything. And we, we do have some like uh, funny scenes of her at boutiques, but really, from the get-go, she's incredibly kind-hearted. She wants the best for everybody. She's just a really sweet person. Yeah. And I I never really understood like why it was made to be her fault that their relationship was falling apart when he's the one bringing over bimbos to their guest house. Oh yeah. That was a sordid little part of it. <laughs> I, I, well, she is really sweet. There is that one moment that sticks out to me with that girl who struggled financially. One of the girls in the troupe, wasn't she embarrassed that she didn't have enough money? Yes. So her actor father is, uh, having a lull in his yes. uh, career. So she couldn't afford like the dues yeah. for various, uh, Scout activities. Yeah, and then uh, Phyllis comforts her and pulls her aside and has a little talk with her, I believe, if I'm rem- remembering correctly, which is sweet. And all the, all the comforting she does to Chica. Mm-hmm. Yep, lots of comforting all around. Whose parents leave to travel internationally without her on her <laughs> yeah. birthday. Yeah. Chica, who I didn't realize until watching it this time, is played by uh, Carla Gugino. Who? <laughs> yeah. I um, she plays... Uh, doesn't ring a bell. She's like the original Silk Spectre in Watchmen. She's on Entourage as like the big studio head lady. 
Um, she pops up in stuff all the time. She was the female lead in the Cameron Crowe show Roadies. I haven't seen a single one of these titles. Oh, well. <laughs> this, is the, this, is, this was her, I, th- I think I remember reading IMDb, this was her first movie. Yeah. And I think it's still the only film credit of hers that I've seen. Oh, well, she's become like a very um, prominent character actress. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, she seems incredibly successful. Yeah. There's a lot of redheads in this movie. Yes. It, it hit me immediately when the third one came up, which I think is, is that the actress's or the actor's daughter? No. Mm-mm. Doesn't matter. The fact is, like, the first, th- the, like, the first, of the first few women you see in the movie, most of them are, are have red hair. Yeah. It's intense. And I, that's also kind of like a, I don't know, I felt like in the 90s, being a redhead was where it was at. You wanted red hair. Red hair was in, mm-hmm. and these girls were hot to trot. But <laughs> hot tickets. nowadays, I feel like we're calling people ginger. Yeah. I don't like it. I mean, it's mostly in this movie strawberry blondes, which I think is an important distinction. Um, not a <laughs> Jenny lot. Lewis is, Jenny is, Lewis is, is a natural ginger, yeah. but like the the other redheads in the movie, it was definitely a sign of the times that people were getting strawberry blonde uh, dye jobs as opposed to platinum blonde or atomic blonde. <laughs> um, though this movie and atomic blonde do take place in the same year. Oh, really? you're right. Yeah. Uh, Trippy, they, huh? Yeah, Atomic <laughs> Bomb is November 89 or something. And yeah. this is, I think, like the summer of 88. So there you go. It came out in March 89. Yeah, and, and they like have the a summer movie. The end is them being the poster troupe for, the, for 1990, oh. the upcoming oh. year. Oh. Obviously, throughout the film, um, Phyllis has them do kind of unconventional. Uh, wilderness girl activities, things you wouldn't expect, uh, something, they're not useful skills, but they're useful skills in Beverly Hills. Yeah. You know, like telling how much uh, a jewel is worth, mm-hmm. right? Or shopping. Yeah. Oh, that scene is delightful. <laughs> Little Jenny Lewis appraising a diamond right. and the diamond appraiser is <laughs> like, wait a second, she's better at this than I am and she's a 10-year-old child. Yeah. This movie's a warm hug. No, it's it's absolutely wonderful. And, and also like when they first go camping, she like they're having a miserable time like and all the girls are in a circle like saying like who's gonna tell her that this is like boring and you know she hears that and so she like snaps to and she ends up making fondue over the campfire and fondue is also like i feel kind of like had its day Uh uh-huh back then and i remember when are there still melting pots I there think are so yeah all you know speckling this this great nation I believe so from from suburbs in the west coast to suburbs on the east coast mm. but i i have a, a melting pot memory when my friends i was in high school and and when you're in high school you're just searching for a place or you used to be before, before these cell phones it used to be that you wanted to leave the house not stay in it anyway um we'd want to leave the house and be away from our parents one of the like we'd go to an, at, like any restaurant. Usually it was like some sort of diner, but we went to the melting pot once because it seemed like it looked like any of the other ones, like Olive Garden or Chili's. But it's not. It's incredibly expensive. No, you're <laughs> paying like four hundred dollars for four pieces of cheese, and like it was humiliating. It's we just like weird. We, we like saw the menu. Like they sat us, and as when as soon as the waitress left, we looked at that menu. We're like, and we just ran out. I've never been. I can't attest to the. 
I'm sure as an adult, it's it's probably fine. But yeah. when you're in high school, it's like it's way too much money. It's where you go for prom. Yeah, yeah. Like prom is the only, not even homecoming. If you go there for homecoming, something's deeply wrong. They shouldn't even let us, they shouldn't have let us in. They should have said, you can't afford this. They thought you were. Kicked out the teens. Yeah. That was, that was back when people were really against teens loitering in public spaces. I know. I remember hanging out in front of the Starbucks waiting for my mom to pick me and my friends up from the movies. <laughs> like, I think hanging outside of a Starbucks or in a shopping center where a movie theater was, was the place to be. Or Barnes or Noble, hanging outside in front of there because I was super cool back then. It was Still Borders today. for me. Yeah, Barnes and Noble for Rest me. Rest in peace. I know. I love that place. So I like much. Borders as well. Yeah. Borders. What I love about Borders was, first of all, they they offered ten percent more discount on new books than Barnes and Noble. But also, I liked that they had they had like actually an incredible DVD selection. The DVD selection at Barnes and Noble to this day is um, sad. I and didn't know Borders shut down though. Um, yeah, it was around the same thing. time, like oh. Circuit City and oh, all those no. big box stores during the recession. That's heartbreaking. I know. I'm sorry to be the one to break that to you. Well, there's my memory, so. And it exists also in some songs. Like, it's been it's been immortalized. It's in some songs' lyrics. I was listening to a, a Monsters of Folk song that discusses borders. Really? Mm-hmm. Discuss, it's, disc, it's mentioned. Discuss. They don't discuss it. They don't, they don't go into, they don't go into depth. Yeah. A concept album about borders. Books I, I would love that. That sounds amazing. Um, and speaking of big box stores, Kmart is like evidently the worst place you can be. They were ahead of the times on that one. Does Kmart still exist? Yes. It does, but it's a really sad state of uh, affairs. Well, if you haven't seen the movie, and you should... Pause this right now and go see it. It's on Stars right now, um, if you have cable. Velda Plender, the militant troop leader, her assistant, played by Mary Gross, like evidently used to work at Kmart. Wow. And her punishment is, like, whenever she starts to um, mouth off, she's like, blue light special, blah, 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 blah. Like, and the PTSD that she has from working at Kmart is enough to be like, whatever you say, and... <laughs> She would. The, the big joke is at the end, uh, Velda Plunder, spoiler alert, at the end, she just like, she's the one that ends up working at Kmart and says blue light special. And what is the blue light special? I forgot. What cookies. is it? Cookies. Is it? Oh, it's cookies. Uh-huh. There you go. The last line of the movie is blue light special cookies. And then just like a shot of her face. <laughs> I think, I think they're a little harsh on Kmart and I think Kmart can be a cozy place. I don't know. I you think Kmart gets it. Kmart yeah, I think Kmart got all it deserves. I, like, st- I stand corrected. Like, you could yeah. realistically pitch, like, a horror movie version of the movie Career Opportunities about Kmart as opposed to Target, which is a unambiguously cozy place. Kmart is like a horror show. It really is. I guess maybe I, I conflate Target with Kmart. Because I, I, I would love to have some deals on some scented candles. I wonder if there are no Kmart scented candles at Kmart anymore. Their shelves are empty. Yeah. The lighting <laughs> is very like olive yellow. The green. lighting is always really weird and oppressive. It's yeah. Don't go to a Kmart right now. It's it's not what you remember. Mm-mm. It's not Target adjacent anymore. The coziest department store. True Beverly Hills really is a treat, and it. it it's such a warm-hearted film. You just like you, you, you finish it and you feel great. I agree. 
Do we have any other final thoughts about True Beverly Hills? I think it's an amazingly clever war movie where you're just watching for about a hundred minutes, uh, very well to do, but also well off people who don't actually have problems. Um, their version of a problem is they need to learn valuable life skills. So you're just watching like really nice people accomplish things, which is just so like satisfying. And that's, that's the a credit to this film because these people could have been a so easily hateable or the film could have mocked them. But instead, like it's really, it's approach to these people is incredibly generous. And like, this is like, you could easily side with a uh, Betty Thomas's yeah. character because you do see where she's coming from because she has the preconceived notions that, you know, we could have if this movie took on even a slightly different tone. So mm-hmm. you don't even get like even the antagonist of the movie, you're still like, well, I see her point and like we know she's wrong, but we also know why she doesn't realize it. I think that would be the fundamental difference like if and why this doesn't exist anymore. I kind of feel like if this movie were made now, it would it'd be a much more cutting commentary on the Phyllis Neffler character, which I, which, I, I mean so I guess too. reflects the times. But like you, the instinct now would be to like make her a like cartoonish villain, yeah. like someone who just actually has like malice in their heart and is a really bad person, which like she does a little bit. But like this movie even makes you sympathize with Craig T. Nelson. Who like never does anything good in the movie. He only ever does bad things, but he's so charming and likable. And like in the end is like there for his daughter. And like it makes you sympathize with every single antagonist in the movie. That's really true. And it's there's nothing cozier than that. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So Zach, you you've watched a lot of Disney Channel original movies for your podcast. Yeah. How does this compare to the the typical? Because I, I I remember this airing a lot on Disney Channel. Like it yeah. would play on. People have asked me to do this on the show, but it was not produced by Disney. Um, was, as I learned yeah. watching it this time, unedited, not on the Disney Channel. There's a lot of light swearing in the uh, movie, um, mm. which decoms avoid like the plague. Um, It compares in the sense that, again, it's not a movie with very much conflict. It's a lot about character, which um, the best DCOMs aren't about story. They're not about conflict. They're about um, getting into the heads of people and, like, the interactions between people. Um, So it's very comparable in that sense. Um, It has unwavering positivity, which the best Disney Channel movies also have. And it's about, like, young people learning lessons. Um, I went to a panel recently about, like, children's programming. And it was all these, like, executive producers and showrunners of kids' shows. And uh, one works for Disney. And they were, like, really focused on, like, the action and the things that happened. And the notes that they received from Disney were all just, like, what's the theme? What did they learn? Why does this matter? Why is this going to change them? And I feel like this movie's about that. And a lot of Disney Channel movies are about that. And that's one thing that draws me to them still, even though I've watched like about 80 of them at this point. And there's only like four or five different Disney Channel movies that have been recycled over and over again. Um, and this falls kind of into the mold of like one of those five stories that they I, often I, tell. I, you should just start, like, you, you should fully classify them and release a book, I think. 
after your intense study That'd be of interesting. Disney Channel oh, movies. I, if anybody wants to like give me a general meeting at like a lit <laughs> agency or something, I can write this book. What's your favorite Disney Channel movie that you've? My favorite one is one that people don't really remember and haven't really seen. It's called The Scream Team. It's a Halloween-themed one starring uh, Kat Dennings and wow. Eric Idle. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, Kathy Jimmy is in it. Wow. I haven't wow, heard wow. of this. Yeah. yeah, nobody has, and I don't remember it from my childhood because it didn't Neither air very I. often. But it's a... It's a the Halloween-themed ones are the best. The Halloween Town Absolutely. movies. Oh, Halloween Town... Um, brings me to something I really wanted to mention about Troop Beverly Hills. Um, is this movie, I think it is, is it directly or indirectly inspired by the fact that Debbie Reynolds became uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, Girl Scout troop leader in Beverly Hills in the 1960s? I didn't know that happened. That sounds incredible. Yeah. It is absolutely true. Um, Maybe. I, I feel dirty about it, but I looked at all the stuff for the auction that's going to happen of their mm-hmm. estate, and there's all these, like, Girl Scout calendars because like when Debbie Reynolds became the scout leader they did like what they do in this movie where they started selling calendars and they started doing all these things about the troop because they were using her celebrity to raise money for the troop Mm -hmm. so watching this movie with that knowledge now I'm like this seems like it's based on that actual thing yeah it could be a possibility I mean I had no idea that happened I'm gonna have to google it sounds so interesting and like you know, Shelley Long kind of is playing like a Debbie Reynolds style persona in mm-hmm. this movie too. So, but yeah, the Halloween Town movies um, are delightful. Pretty much any time DCOMs go into genre, um, whether it's like they do a lot of sports movies, they do a lot of Halloween movies, a lot of Christmas movies. Those are the ones that I latch on to the most because they play with the tropes of the genres that they're inhabiting. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, they like, they let these filmmakers have a lot of fun with it. Because, like, as long as you deliver these themes and have, like, precocious 13-year-olds and, like, keep it under budget, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) And those are the ones that are the most fun. What are your thoughts on Luck luck of the Irish? It's... (laughs) Sorry, going off topic, It's problematic. (laughs) Um, It's... There's moments of it that are very fun, but it, it it takes its precious time getting to the places we remember it going. Gotcha. I, because they're on a budget, I think what I love the most about Disney Channel original movies, the, just the the design of it and like the the special effects, if they exist in it at all, they're always just so adorable. And there's so much, I don't know, there's something about someone really trying to make something with so little that I have a, a soft spot for. Mm-hmm. And so even if it doesn't look the best, I, I kind of gravitate toward it. I'm, I'm watching a lot of The Worst Witch on Netflix right now, and... It's actually like, you know, pretty good looking. I mean, it's a, it's a modern show, but I keep thinking back to the original TV movie with Tim Curry in it. And they make Miss Cackle's Academy look like it's just a Halloween themed everything. Like everything is hot. Like their sinks are jack-o'-lanterns. And I just love that Aww. sort of party city aesthetic that uh-huh. also yeah. a lot of Disney Channel Halloween movies have. The, the Halloween Town movies, like, that's just what it is. It's like Doctor Who in a party city, <laughs> like, in October. Oh, so good. Those, those, those are all titles that we will discuss at a later date. Any other final thoughts? I think, I guess we're done with Chip Beverly Hills. Yeah, I think we summed um, To wrap up, we always end the podcast um, with celebrities that calm us, and then we'll go into reviewing the candle that we've been enjoying uh, while we've been recording. Um, so 
celebrities that call us. This is a segment where we discuss uh, the famous people in our culture who make us feel calm. Okay. Is that like a motorcycle noise? It's a cat purring. I, I, I'm on the same page. I feel a little... I don't know how I feel about the purring. It just sounds... I'll, I'll find a new sound for next episode. This, this is Okay. En- on enjoy the cat purring because that's, that's the last you'll get of it. So celebrities that calm us. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say Jenny Lewis, actually, based off True Beverly Hills. Like, independently, as as an actress, her work is very cozy. She mm-hmm. was in a lot of mm-hmm. movies. With, she, was, she was a child actress. And so most of her movies are adorable children's films. But what I love about Jenny Lewis is her music. And it's just like, it, she has a song for any vibe you want. And a lot of it can be kind of wistful. But I think... Overall, she's just, I don't know, her music, she's one of my favorite musicians. Yeah. Um, and just her self-assuredness and confidence Definitely. Um, calms me. And I think she's like one of the best musicians alive today. Her music is, is brilliant. She has a very calming and soothing voice. And I think you hit on something really important. There's like her confidence, her inner confidence is always very apparent and stabilizing. It was almost weird seeing her talk in this movie where it's like, I kind of feel like my mental perception of Jenny Lewis is that she's so cool. She doesn't do small talk. She just walks on, Mm -hmm. performs, walks off into, I don't know what her life looks like. And that's also a credit to her because I think she's all about her art and you don't really know that much about her personal life. Yeah, I wouldn't want to, to be honest. Yeah, and and, and it kind of just makes it all better. We saw Jenny Lewis together. We did. It was very cozy. I saw Jenny Lewis, the, one of the rares. I don't, you don't see that. When you move to LA, Zach can maybe attest to this. You don't really see as many celebrities as you think you might see. I see people all the time, but my definition of celebrity is like very broad. Yeah, well, it's like every time I, someone visits, it's like, oh my God, that's a person from um, sh- Chicago Fire. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could say that about anybody. I, I wouldn't know who that is. There's a lot of there's a lot of of actors like of like that quality. You'll see them out yeah. quality. I don't I don't mean to say that. Like there are a lot of actors of a certain caliber. Of a certain caliber that you see. They won't get mobbed on the street, but like you'll recognize mm-hmm. them. Right. I was at a bar on Friday and I saw somebody and I accidentally made eye contact with them and I felt really bad. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, there's, there's a certain <laughs> level of like you don't want to like puncture, you know. They live here yeah. too, yeah. right? They don't, they shouldn't be I know. I once stared at like animals in a zoo. I once accidentally made eye contact with Kelly Catrone from <laughs> the the hills, and I and God bless her because when she saw me make eye contact, she ran over. It's like, do you want a hug? Do you want a picture? And like, you wouldn't suspect that Ooh. from her. I know it kind of broke my heart a little bit, but she was very eager to. Ooh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> not to take hurts. it to a dark place. S- still but. very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a sweet woman. <laughs> but with Jenny Lewis, when I saw her, I, I know there's not much of the story. It's not even a story, but I saw her walk by and it was seeing her in person. Cause I'm such a fan. I, I was, I had a heart attack. I just like stopped breathing. Yeah. Looked at her walk by froze and then couldn't stop thinking about it for the next 24 hours, even though literally nothing happened. Like a magical experience. Yeah. So Jenny Lewis, um, you circling back to how like you don't see her like talk or do anything outside Mm -hmm. of like performing. Um, She 
was uh, all over national television a couple years ago because she was always with Bill Murray at the ah, Cubs games right. during the World oh, Series. Yeah. So it was so weird because um, I, I like baseball. It's like my one traditionally like male masculine thing I let <laughs> myself have. Um, I'd watch the World Series and every time they'd cut to Bill Murray, that what that meant to me is they're cutting to Jenny Lewis and it was like never not disorienting. Yeah, that sounds very disorienting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like and, best and, friends. And you never really know. To, I love I, that. I don't even know what to read into that because of Insane. who she is. She's so enigmatic. I don't, that could mean anything. Zach, who is your celebrity? So uh, I thought about this you? long and hard because there are a lot of people that this uh, qualifies for. But like recently, I don't like the show House of Cards. It's something I resent. However, I watched the fifth season exclusively because I found out Patricia Clarkson is in it. That's the latest one, right? Yes. I'm, I've watched the first four episodes, so she comes in later? She, yes. And she's like a prominent main character for the second half of the most recent season. And I watched it all for her because I find her so incredibly calming. And like somebody give her like a murder she wrote style mm-hmm. show where she's just like solving crimes and like, you know, has a bunch of succulents in her home. Zach, that's my life's work, is, I, is, is creating that for Patricia Clarkson. Please, so. just please <laughs> do it. Like, I'm I'm trying to, like, inception this into your brain if it wasn't there already. Oh, like, it was there. That's a, that's a, a great choice. She, she's just her. an incredibly calming actor who elevates everything she's in, and it's always a delight to see her pop up in things. She She's also a redhead, right? Or is that just she, she plays a lot of redheads? I, I think she might be a natural redhead, and then she dyes her hair blonde. She, or I, she's oh, a blonde and dyes her I, hair. I always think watch of her, her be like a dark brunette, and it's all just lies. It could <laughs> be. I mean, because I was the reason I think of her as a redhead is because maybe because she is, but also she because is. she was in Six Feet Under and she played Ruth's sister. Yeah, and so both both of those Frances Conroy and she are both. Redheads. Remember when her and Stanley Tucci played a married couple in Easy A and had a redheaded oh, yeah. daughter? Just that's the coziest family in movie again. history. I'm going to put Stanley Tucci in my back pocket for a cozy celebrity later. Definitely. Jillian, uh, who's your celebrity that calms you this week? Well, they have always been quite controversial, but... Um, I, I, I love your celebrities. I, th- I think they're, they're always a great discussion topic. Okay. Um, I, maybe this one's not controversial. Dido. It's not controversial. I, I, yes. I love. Oh, I, we don't. Oh, oh, we don't oh, we don't swear. I like Dido so much. I swore. I love her. I, I can't believe I was the first her. one to swear. I am a filthy, filthy boy. <laughs> yeah, I love her so much. I mean, it's not just because her music is so calming and relaxing. She just doesn't, you know, throw any surprises your way. She just seems like a good person all around. There's no white flag on her lawn. <laughs> <laughs> She's in love, and she'll always will yep. be. Mm-hmm. I, even her music video for that is so precious. <laughs> when she came onto the it. scene, like her whole her first um, album, No Angel, mm-hmm. is oh, yeah. all cafe. It's like it's all music you'd play in a in cafe. Borders. Espe- in borders, <laughs> especially in the early 2000s. Yes. Like you're going to be sitting, eating, eating. You're going to be sitting, drinking a cappuccino. Rainy days. I think Dido's good for a nice rainy uh, yeah. day. Because you know, of the blanket. I don't know why I have this fact in my mind, um, but it relates to Dido. I, that was when VH1 and MTV were still talking about music. And VH1, they had a bunch of random celebrities discussing their favorite albums of the year. And 
Billy Crystal's favorite album that year was uh, No Angel by Dido. So Billy Crystal's also a huge <laughs> Dido fan. It's actually excellent. I wish he would... Maybe, I don't know. I want her to do... 500 Dido's. Sorry. I would, I would have a billion Dido's. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what she's up to these days. And I think that's probably for the best. I want to keep her sacred. I don't want... I don't know. She's not like Jewel, who's like doing the razor commercial. I lived in a car. You know what? (laughs) Watch your mouth about Jewel, because pretty soon we're going to be talking about her murder mystery series on Hallmark. So touche. We have a lot more Jewel content planned for you. (laughs) I won't badmouth her anymore. The the soon-to-be reigning queen of the genre. (laughs) With any luck. All right, so that brings us to the end of our show. Um, but before we leave you, we would like to discuss, we'd like to, we will discuss, I don't know if we'd like to, but we will discuss uh, our candle review. Um, what which, is it? Okay, so this <laughs> is, uh, it's far away. It's a, it's a really small one today. Um, it's on my end of the room. This is a Vance family soy candle. Their motto is live, breathe, and be happy. Good motto. And it's Mount hood forest scented i picked this up um in portland oregon and it's made uh locally in vancouver washington and it's all organic um all of the oils are natural in it so it's supposed to smell like a a for like a a forest mountain hood Mm -hmm. and what do we what do we think about this candle is are we getting a scent from it i can't smell it I'm getting a scent from it because I'm right up to it, but it doesn't quite smell like a forest. What does it smell like to you? Um, it smells like I get a bit of pine, but it's also like a little bit salty. Mm. Like it's kind of like a salty, like kind of like shoreline smell to where if it was like... It is a, it is coastal. Yeah. That's but, a good way to describe something, a shoreline smell. I like that. Like... Not quite like bad, like a low tide, but not quite soothing like a high tide. (laughs) It it smells maybe like a tsunami going through a forest. (laughs) Like a Pacific Northwest beach town with people. But at least you're getting a. I don't know. At least you're getting a scent. I'm getting. I'm getting mixed messages from it. Well, I when I bought it, I um I definitely got a scent from it, just like smelling it Mm. um unlit, and. I can faintly smell it, but it doesn't have uh, a lot of throw. I, I barely mm-hmm. smell it over here, but I, I, you can smell it closer to where it is. Yeah. It, it, it smells vaguely like a forest. It, it just, I'm getting like three or four different candle mm-hmm. scents and like not at the same time. Well, also a it's, disclaimer, it's this is an old candle. It's been, okay. I've had it, I've had it for a while and it's been open. So it maybe a lot of the oils have um, evaporated and that might have impacted the, the scent. It could just be like the smell of melting wax. It could be that. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, th- I think there's some scent. So we give each a wick to rate it. Yeah, I, I finally got we, the rating system I, after I, four episodes in. Uh, <laughs> we, we've, we're inventing it as we go. So how would you... Would you Wick up? No wick? <laughs> um, no wick for me just because I can't smell it. I don't want to be a, you know, rude to the mm-hmm. candle, but I don't. I'm going to give it a wick because I... I give it a wick just sounds so weird. <laughs> anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a wick because um, I associate it with Portland where I bought it. And it, it, it vaguely You have a personal connection. I have a personal connection. <laughs> Zach? 
I give it a single solitary wick because I admire it for trying. <laughs> so uh, two out of three wicks for the Vance family soy candle, <laughs> uh, Mount Hood Forest scented. Um, and that about does it for today. Um, thank you, Zach, for yes, joining thank us. Thank you. Thank lovely. you for having me. So, this so has been a lot of fun to talk about True Beverly Hills with you. Um, where can people find you? I'm at Zach Heltzel on everything. You can find Zetus La Podcast, the complete oral history of Disney Channel original movies. The joke is that it's not an oral history at all um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Awesome. I'll check um, it out. And you can find us on Instagram at All Things Cozy Podcast. Um, Please feel free to email us, write in. And on Facebook. Oh, on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. Also, and please, please, please uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. It's important for getting people to, helping people find this podcast. Yes, thank you. All right, thanks for listening. Stay Stay cozy. cozy. (laughs)